Welcome in. It is Big 12 Bets here at the Heartland College Sports Network. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you. We have made it to October. Yes, we have. Oh boy, what some big matchups in the Big 12 this week. And I'm going to tell you, I got the worst of it on a bunch of these games that was given out in the column earlier on Wednesday because some of these numbers have moved because... Well, one of them not overly surprising, still question marks of who's going to play quarterback for Kansas, and also, too, Oklahoma's going to get bet. That's not overly surprising for that one there with uh, OU and Texas going down in Dallas this weekend, but let's get into it. Let's start on Friday night. We'll go in chronological order. Five games this week in the Big 12. Let's start in Stillwater, Oklahoma State taking on K-State, K-State. A 12-point favorite on the road in this one. Oklahoma State off a bye. Of course, the last time we saw the Pokes was them losing to Iowa State 34-27. to As we learned in Norman last week, that Oklahoma State, uh, that uh, Iowa State team, uh, a little bit more pesky on offense than we expected in the first half and then just got obliterated in the second half, 50-20 to loss. Last week against OU, just a really just an Iowa State team that if it weren't for the Houston Cougars and these Oklahoma State Cowboys, they would be the worst team in the league. But they're probably 12 out of 14 uh, with, every, with everything that has happened here. Even Cincinnati, I would say, is probably slightly above this Iowa State team. But this is not about Iowa State. This is about o- Oklahoma State, where I am stunned at how bad that Mike Gundy has allowed this team to look so far this year. I understand that they have had absolutely no quarterback play so far through four games. Their best quarterback game was against Iowa State, and Bowman still completed less than 50% of his passes through two interceptions. Yeah, they scored 27 points, but it was still an ugly, still an ugly game when you look at the stat book from an offensive perspective, especially at the quarterback position. Just not good enough for this Iowa for this Oklahoma State offense. And the defense, as Pete Mundo pointed out a few weeks ago, and this is still true after the Iowa State game, they're worst in, in defensive efficiency in the league. They're worst. And Oklahoma State usually at least can do something. At least one side of the ball looks good. Neither side has looked good this year. This is probably the worst team that Gundy has had in a, in a long time there in Stillwater. Now, they host K-State. They are a big underdog in this game. Kansas State had a bye last week. Of course, last time we saw them to beat Central Florida by 13. Uh, 44-31. That was a game uh, where you saw McLean for the first time for Central Florida. And honestly, McLean looked pretty good in that game. And McLean looked good again last week against Baylor in that game where somehow Central Florida found a way to lose. Will Howard with the bye should be a little more healthy. This K-State team it will be a little more healthy than it's been over the last few weeks. Sitting at 3-1, and one, honestly sitting in very good position right now in the Big 12 to give themselves a chance of getting back to Arlington yet again. Now, the one thing that I will say with K-State's schedule is they don't get Oklahoma this year, and they get Texas in Austin. So... The tiebreakers are going to have to come their way if they end up in the tie with Oklahoma, where I think if OU loses this week, and we'll get that game in a second, you're looking at a potential for Kansas State maybe losing out on tiebreakers. Uh, 
the rest of their schedule. I mean, they, yeah, they play back-to-back road games, but they'll be favored in Lubbock again next week. They're much better than TCU and Houston who come to Manhattan around in October. And in the month of November, they'll be an underdog at Texas, but they'll be favored in every other game. So Kansas State's sitting very nicely, even with that non-con loss, which of course means nothing for Arlington. They're sitting in pretty nicely to at least get themselves potentially back to Arlington yet again. Uh, this game here, it's 12, it's 53 and a half. I would only lean to the over 53 and a half because Oklahoma State's defense is bad. The question will be, can the Pokes actually move the ball against K-State? I don't think K-State's defense has looked particularly good now. They've battled a ton of injuries over the last few weeks. But that would probably be the only lean. I'd only lean to the over 53 and a half. It's not intriguing to me to lay 12 on the road in a conference game, even with how poor uh, the Oklahoma State team has looked so far this year. All right, let's go to the big one. Red River rivalry in Dallas. Undefeated Texas, undefeated Oklahoma. Exactly what you want out of this game going into it. The Sooners 5-0, the Longhorns 5-0. A little bit of different paths to undefeated for both of these teams. Oklahoma, I would say through their first five games, the best opponent they've had is SMU. I would say that's the best opponent they've had. Texas has uh, done it with a little more strength on their schedule. Of course, the win at Alabama, which is the best win of any team in the country so far through five weeks. And uh, look, I don't care that it was Jason Bean last week for Kansas instead of Jalen Daniels. Kansas is still better than any team that Oklahoma has defeated so far this year, with even with Bean in there, as opposed to Daniels. So... Texas's quality of victory is much more impressive than what Oklahoma's done. Now, Oklahoma's defense has looked much better. They look like a Venables defense so far this year. Uh, 0, 11, 17, 6, and 20. That 20 last week against Iowa State all came in the first half to shut out the Cyclones when Venables was able to make halftime adjustments. That is, This is the best defense Oklahoma's had in a very, very long time. And they match up against a team, and I wrote this in the the futures column that's out right now at heartlandcollegesports.com. Texas, to me, through the first month plus of the season, is the best team in college football. If I were doing, if I had a ballot in the AP poll, and thankfully I don't, I would be, I, Texas would be number one for me. Georgia has not looked the part. Michigan is, is the closest to Texas to me. Ohio State, I think, is not close to what their rating is. They should have already had a loss. Texas has been the best team through the first month of the season. And for this game here in Dallas, the Texas Longhorns were six and a half most of the week. This is now dipped to six, a total of 60 and a half over at DraftKings. I would say this with Oklahoma. This is the this is a better measuring stick game for OU than it is for Texas. Because if Texas loses this game, and I don't think they will for what it's worth, I think this is a a Texas cover, and I'll tell you why in a second. Texas, we already know how good they are. They beat Alabama. And then after this game, by the way, this is, assuming Texas handles their business in this game, this is a coast job to 12-0 and probably even 13-0 for Texas. At Houston, BYU, K-State at home, at TCU, at Iowa State, Texas Tech. The only game they could possibly lose the rest of the way unless if something goes horribly wrong is that game at home against K-State if they get by this Oklahoma team on Saturday. 
It's six now. I gave it out at six and a half in the column. This is the best offense Oklahoma has faced by a wide margin, and more importantly, this is the best defense Oklahoma has faced by a wide margin. They were able to move the ball, but they struggled to convert in the red zone against Cincinnati, who is nowhere near the quality of this Texas team. Same sort of deal against SMU. They were not overly great in that SMU game. Only 28 points, a little bit less than six yards of play. Not good enough. Texas should be able to hold this Oklahoma offense, despite how good Dylan Gabriel has looked at times this year, down to around five yards of play, which probably means Oklahoma scoring in the low 20s, maybe even the teens. Texas is going to be in the 30s in this game. Now, it's not going to be like last year because last year was an embarrassment. But Texas is going to handle their business. They're going to win this game by multiple touchdowns. Probably two. 14. We'll lay the six. Lay the six and a half. Whatever number you're comfortable with. Obviously, now that you can get six, lay the better number with UT. They're the better team. They're the best team in the country right now. Total is right at 16 and a half. I wouldn't touch that. But the University of Texas Longhorns. Finally, the talent and the results match. And they're going to win this game. They're going to be undefeated through the regular season. And more likely than not, they're going to be undefeated through Arlington. And 13-0 into the college football playoff is more than likely the two-seed because Michigan or Ohio State will probably get the one. Or Georgia, if Georgia runs the table, which I'm not so sure Georgia's running the table with what we've seen from them so far this year. So lay the six with Texas. All right. So this is a 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 local in Lawrence. Central Florida at KU. So when I wrote this up earlier in the week, it was mostly 2 and 2.5 and in the market. Mostly 2.5. That's why I gave it out of KU, minus 2.5. This has now moved to Central Florida, minus 1, which tells me that Jalen Daniels is not going to play. 66 is the total, by the way. And look, there is a big difference, as we saw all of last year, between... Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean. There's a big difference. By the way, Daniels hasn't officially been ruled out, but if the market's moving three, three and a half points towards Central Florida, we know what's going to happen. It's going to be Bean, regardless of what Leipold and company going to say. Central Florida is a one-point favorite in this game. The total is 65. Uh, we, I don't expect to see uh, John Rice Plumley. I think he'll be... We'll be seeing McLean yet again. And honestly, McLean has looked pretty good so far. It's not, not McLean's fault that they blew that game last week against Baylor, which was still unfathomable that the, that the Knights blew that game against Baylor. So it is a little more of a hesitation now with Kansas. But now that you're getting a better number, you have to take the point or take a money line. I would wait to see if you get a plus price money line. But take the one. I'd rather have the plus one, minus 110, as opposed to having to win the game outright. Minus 105, there's no ties in college football. But if Central Florida happens to win the game by one, you get your money back. But here's the thing that I need to see from Kansas. I need to see a better defensive effort. Now, I know Kansas's defense has its flaws. They basically played as well as they could have against BYU with those two defensive touchdowns. I know that's not sustainable. And they played pretty well. They were able to bend but not break for a long time against Texas. But he, this is a game where if you hold Central Florida in the high 20s, you're going to win. Because Central Florida's defense is not any good. And I expect, and, and Central Florida's defense has looked good against the bad teams on their schedule. Kansas State did whatever they wanted against them. And Baylor, I mean, look, I know Baylor got off to the horrible start and they needed the miracle comeback, but they still were able to make, come down from 28 back. Come back from 28 back, I should say. 
But you're looking at a KU offense that without Daniels last week, and again, this is the concern now, and I think Jason Bean is a good backup quarterback. But the Kansas offense, you can't you can't look at the results and say, all right, we can treat this KU team remotely close to what they were. It are almost six yards to play against Texas, which is pretty good. But Bean was completely inefficient. Almost all of his passing yards and all of that 5.7 yards per play came on the 58-yard touchdown pass to Wilson. You take that out, Bean was under 100 yards. And KU's offense was at 200 even. So that's not good enough. They just didn't run a lot of plays last week. They only ran 46 plays. That's why the number looked good. Texas had 40 more plays in that game. But this is a good matchup for Kansas and for having Bean there. Because you're not facing... Look, if Bean is still playing in a few weeks when they play Oklahoma, Kansas is going to get whipped by OU. Going to look like that Texas game did a year ago in Lawrence. But this is the right opponent at the right time, especially if Daniels is unable to go with that back injury yet again. And honestly, next week's a good one too because they get Oklahoma State, who Bean beat a year ago. But we're getting a point. It's at home. It's the better team, even with the backup quarterback. And the backup quarterbacks on both sides. We'll take one with KU against Central Florida. All right, let's get to the last two games of the week. 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 local in Ames. TCU, Iowa State. TCU, six and a half point favorites, total 53. TCU lost at home to West Virginia. I Look, I got to give Neil Brown a lot of credit. I thought that West Virginia team at best was a five-win team. At best. And West Virginia is four and one through five games. And they get Houston out of the bye, a revenge game against Holgerson. And they have home games remaining against Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, and BYU. West Virginia is going to a bowl game. Unbelievable job by Neil Brown. And if he gets a seven wins, he is definitely safe to keep his job. I'd even argue that he should keep his job at six. So a job well done all the way around by West Virginia to be as good as they have been so far through the first five games. All right, now for this one. TC, it is pretty clear, and it was pretty clear going into the year that TCU is going to be nowhere near the level they were a year ago. They won all those close games. They won, they won, a, won that game against Michigan. That was a close game. But the only reason they won that game was because McCarthy lost his mind in that game. They were really about a nine-win team that overachieved because of their record in tight games. And you're seeing that already. The two one-score games they've played, they're 0-2 it. And now they go to Ames, where Iowa State, as I said earlier in the show, the only teams that are worse in the conference to me right now are Houston, who is clearly the worst, and Oklahoma State. Even with the injury at the quarterback position for Texas Tech, Texas Tech is better than Iowa State still. And Baylor, look, I know Baylor's been a mess and they've been a mess defensively. They're better than Iowa State still. And Central Florida's better than Iowa State. This is... This total feels low at 53. Now, I know TCU's offense struggled a week ago. They only scored 21 points in that game to West Virginia. West Virginia's defense is somewhat similar to Iowa State. Iowa State's defense has absolutely been exposed for being a average unit, not this high-powered, great defense that we thought they were going into the year. I think they are... Average may be a little mean. I think they're a good defense. I don't think they're a top-notch defense in a conference like we thought. 
And TCU's defense, even with the last week, even with the two performances the last two weeks, I still am not buying TCU's defense. 53 is a pretty low total here. 28, 28, 27 gets it done. 31, 24 gets it done. I think that's probably the play if you're going to play this game, bet it over. I think six and a half with TCU on the road is right. Even though it does scare me to almost have to lay a touchdown with a team I don't really trust. But I don't trust Iowa State either. So we're going to pass on this game. Look at 53 over as the only possible play. All right, Texas Tech Baylor wraps up the leak in the Big 12. Only only five games because of bye weeks here in the conference. Four teams on bye. Baylor, a one-point dog at home against Texas Tech. Total 60 and a half. We're taking the Bears plus the one. Now, it is always scary to take a team coming off a miracle comeback like that. Come crashing back to earth. What we've seen from Baylor before that fourth quarter in Orlando has been really, really ugly so far this year. But I'm not buying the offensive explosion we saw from Texas Tech a week ago. That had more to do with the opponent. Houston is awful. They are an awful football team. And they look like a Holgerson coach team at this point, and that's not a good thing. That game was tied at halftime. Houston was much better in the first half, every single metric, and then they didn't score in the second half. Joey McGuire's coaching staff totally schooled Holgerson's staff. Totally schooled them in the second half. So, look, and I know Aranda's defense has been bad this year. They're back at home. They've shapen back. Shapen getting his legs back underneath him after the knee injury he suffered in week one. And really, it took him all game to fully get back last week against UC, uh, against uh, UCF. But I'll take these teams are even to me. And home field advantage, I will take a point where I'm, I have two even teams and I have an underdog at home here. So we're going to take the one with Baylor. I want to see how Shapin looks in this game because I was unimpressed for a good chunk of that game in Orlando last week, but then he woke up when Central Florida went soft. So I want to see how he looks against a defense not playing soft the whole, the whole time, which is what Central Florida did. And for Texas Tech, I, look, I'm not buying Morden. He played well last week. There's no arguing that. But I'm not buying what I saw last week. That had to do more with the fact that the Houston Cougars are bad than Texas Tech being a team. All right, maybe they can make a bowl. I still think Texas Tech's going underwater this year because of the injuries and just really horrible luck in close games so far. So we'll take the one with Baylor. All right, that's the whole slate. Make sure you check out the column if you want more information on this betting card this week, heartlandcollegesports.com, along with the three exclusive bonus bets to heartlandcollegesports.com. This has been Big 12 Bets. I'm Jeff Parles. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast out every week, leading you into Big 12 betting action week six. Good luck, everybody.